when I was a kid, um, they had uh, this thing called Children's Church, okay? And it, it's happened kind of the same way we do our children's discipleship stuff, which takes place during the service time. And so when I was a kid, we, I used to love to go to Children's Church because they would, tell, they would speak on our level, and it was really cool. And I, uh, we had this lady that would tell us Bible stories by drawing pictures, and the pictures would start out. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody do this before when they tell a story using pictures. It would start out, and none of the lines that she was making made sense. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the time, the picture would be fully formed and you'd be like, oh, I see how the picture matches the story. And the picture made me realize, remember what the Bible story was about. And that was a really cool time. And I'll tell you another thing that used to happen, and I I know this happens because I have a seven-year-old little boy, and uh, today is Family Sunday, and we got all the kids sitting up there, and they're all going like, yeah, we love to go down there with all, we have great children's workers, and we got a lot of cool stuff going on when they go down there for, for, for kids' church, okay, or for their discipleship time. Um, and most of the time when I find out it's, when they find out it's family Sunday, Judson will go, Oh man, which makes you feel real good. Cause I'm the pastor. And so it's really awesome. Okay. He's probably going to get on to me later for talking about him, but he's a cool kid. And, um, and you may have that feeling right now. Some of you kids are in here like, Oh, I thought I was going to go down and they were going to tell us a story and give us a snack and it was going to be on my level. Well, I want you to know something. We are doing this for a reason, okay? And I want you adults to know because some of you are thinking, I showed up to church and I thought I was going to have a blessed hour away from the kids. They're going to learn about Jesus. I'm going to learn about Jesus and hallelujah, it's going to be great. And now they're in here with us today. Yay! I'm going to hurt Matt later, okay? <laughs> Tom's going down. The whole, the whole reason we're doing this is just like that picture. We're hoping... That as the kids, as as they see and they hear God's word from many different people in many different ways, that all of a sudden all these lines of faith that we've been drawn, just like that lady in children's church was drawing those pictures. But one day it'll come together and they will see a full picture of who Jesus is. So you might notice this too as well. When we come to Kids Sunday, whatever series we're in, we usually go back to the Gospels and look at a story about Jesus. Because here's my number one thing that I hope that us kids, the kids, us kids, the kids and the adults, I guess that's to show you how I feel, okay, (laughs) or act. It's what I'm hoping is for all of us that we would get a full picture. It all comes together of who Jesus is. As we look in the scriptures this morning, Mark chapter 7, I'm going to read you a short section, Mark chapter 7, verse 31 through 37, about a story about Jesus and a healing. Mark 7, verse 31. If you have a copy of God's word, turn there. If not, it'll be on the screen for you. John seven thirty-one. When then he, this is talking about Jesus, returned from the region of Tyre, and he went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, into the region of the Decapolis. And Decapolis just means 10 cities. So you know how like Minnesota and St. Paul are the twin cities? There's these 10 cities that are really close together and they're called the Decapolis. Okay, that's what that means. Okay, this is not just a weird word. It, it has a meaning. And verse 32, and they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. So the man can't hear and he can, he can speak some. So we, we kind of can infer that this guy had hearing at one time and then his hearing went away. And because of that, he has a speech impediment, which means he cannot speak clearly. And they begged him to lay hands on him. So this deaf man with a speech impediment is brought to Jesus and they say, Jesus, would you lay your hands on him? Now Jesus is going to do some really weird stuff. So kids, this is, this is great. 
Because they tell you not to make faces in church, but Jesus makes this guy make faces and then does some weird stuff, okay? So I want you to see this. It's really, it's just very interesting. You can go home and say, man, Jesus did some weird stuff. In verse 33, and taking him aside from the crowd privately, that's not necessarily normal. So he takes the deaf guy and he takes him to the side. And then Jesus puts his fingers in the man's ears. This has to be true because you can't make this up. Okay. Cause this is weird, right? If I walked up to any of you, doesn't matter who you are and put my fingers in your ears, it's going to be strange. Also, this man does not know Jesus. He's probably heard of Jesus, and obviously he knows something about him to, to be brought there to see him, and he's deaf, and he's having this problem, and he believes Jesus can help him. But Jesus takes him off to the side. You think many number of things, but the Messiah, God in the flesh, goes, boink, okay, and puts his fingers in the guy's ears. This I love these stories. So taking him aside from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into his ears and after spitting, we don't know where he spat. (laughs) I guess that's the past tense of spit. I don't know. Spat. I don't know if he went, I don't know if he's like, you ever know this, the, the, that there's some people, especially around here, that have like the tick of spitting every time they're talking to you. It's like, I don't know if Jesus had maybe like, okay, and then he was, you know, back to you. I don't know if he spit on the guy. He just spit. So, get this, the Savior of the world, God in the flesh, brings this guy aside, is going to heal him. Boink! Okay? That's what's happened. And after spitting, this gets better. He touched his tongue. I'm assuming he removed a finger out to touch his tongue. We don't know. There's some gray. I guess he could have like, you know, like, I don't know. This is strange, right? When you came to church this morning, you weren't thinking about, Jesus, I'm going to heal this guy. Boink. Tongue. Happened. Again, this speaks to the validity of the Bible, because if you are trying to make a savior on your own and to make one up, you would not come with one who puts his fingers in people's ears, spits and touches their tongue. This has to be true because it's too crazy not to be. This is what Jesus has done. By also do not children do this today. Okay. Unless you're, you know, reacting or interacting or recreating this scene, you better tell your parents first. Verse 34. And looking up to heaven, he sighed. We don't get exactly why he sighs. There's several possible reasons. There could be frustration with the fact that people don't, we're in a section of scriptures where there are many who do believe and many that who, who do not believe. And Jesus regularly becomes agitated, wholly agitated because he's perfect and never sinned like we sin. Usually we get agitated and sin. But he is overcome and he's, he's he sees this unbelief and he doesn't, he, part of him is exasperated by the unbelief that he sees around him. We don't know if he is sad because he realizes that there's many people in the world who suffer with different 
different maladies, including this man who is deaf. And it has to be very difficult to be deaf. We've learned this working in the building. We got this awesome fan that was that was that was uh, let it, we're being able to borrow while we're working in the building over here, and it's great. It puts out a, a mass amount of air. But when Roy and I are trying to talk to each other, the fan's going, and we can't hear each other, and so it's very frustrating at times. Where you're like, "Hand me that." You're like, "You want a sandwich?" I mean, I mean. <laughs> Give me the crowbar. Uh-huh. Here's a piece of wood. That is not helpful. But this guy, that's his reality, is not being able to hear. Verse 34, he's, he sighs. We don't know if it's about unbelief or just the, the pain and the suffering in the world. Because remember, Jesus has come to, bo- to bear our sorrows and griefs. We don't know why. But then he says, Ephatha. Thankfully, they give us the translation, which means be open. So he's got this guy, boink, tongue, be opened. What happens? And his ears were opened and his tongue was released. The speech impediment is gone and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure. He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak, which is a fulfillment of prophecy in Isaiah, that when the Messiah comes, that the deaf will hear, the blind will the mute will speak. And Jesus was like, don't tell people about this. Now, why is Jesus doing this? There is a God. He's following God's time frame, his plan to lead him to the cross. And so it's not time for Jesus to be to the cross. And here's the problem with mankind. When they see Jesus apart from a work of God's spirit, when we see Jesus as he is, we don't get excited. We feel condemned because we see the holy God. And so that's what's going to happen with these guys, these Pharisees, these Sadducees. They're going to feel condemned by Jesus, and they're not going to see who he is, and they're going to crucify him. So he's saying, don't tell everybody yet. But you know what? The more he was like, don't tell everybody. Like, I got to tell somebody. It's like this. Kids, have you ever gotten a really cool present? Like a really cool present? Do you, when you get a really cool present, what do you do? When somebody comes in the house, especially as a kid, they show it off. Adults, we're more subtle with this. Okay? Kids are like, when you walk in their house, like, I got a new Nerf gun. It's right here. It's here. I'm going to shoot you with it. Okay? That is how kids operate. You know how we operate? We pull up revving the engine. Okay? <laughs> oh, is this new? Yeah. Look, my rims match the paint. Okay? That's kind of how that operates. And so they can't, they, they are overcome. This man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, his life is just basically is, is hindered by these, by these handicaps that he has. And Jesus comes and he heals the man. Now Jesus can speak and heal the man. We know he's done this in Mark's gospel. He could speak. And Jairus' daughter who was near death, she came back to life. And Jesus, all he had to do was speak. In this particular situation, he's doing these things as a way of of letting us see a spiritual reality in a physical way. Because here's the problem. This man's deafness, 
He was truly deaf. He could not hear. He could not respond. He could not, his brain could not respond to the sound waves that would enter into his ear for whatever reason, whatever was broken. His body could not process sound like a normal human body could. And because of that, he cannot speak properly. This is a real true problem. But it's meant to show a Not just a physical problem, but a spiritual problem that's happening all around. Which is that there are many who are hearing and even seeing Jesus. But they aren't responding as they ought to because there is such a thing as spiritual deafness. And just as we know that that being physically deaf is is a problem and that needs resolution or that needs medical attention. Or is something that somebody has to live with and learn how to cope with. Spiritual deafness is also real. And it's also, it also can be absolute debilitating. And here's the number one problem with spiritual deafness. Spiritual deafness can occur with those who can hear physically. If you go back to the parable, Jesus tells, he spoke in parables, which are like really stories. And there's this parable about a sower, okay? Which means somebody who throws seeds around. This is in Mark chapter four. We're going to look there in just a second. Mark chapter four, there's a parable about a sower and he throws seeds all over the place. And some of the seed falls on rocky ground and doesn't grow up. Some of the seed falls in, in, in soil that's pretty good, but eventually weeds choke it out. And then there's one one seed that falls or some seed that falls in the good soil and those seeds that fall in the good soil, they grow up. And he's talking about the way people hear and receive the gospel, how they hear and receive the good news about who Jesus is. And people are totally confused. And Jesus has to explain this to the disciples in Mark chapter four. We pick up and Jesus explains to his disciples why he speaks in these parables. Verse 10 of Mark chapter four says this. And when he was alone, Those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you, given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is parables. And so he quotes Isaiah chapter six right here. And he says, they may indeed see, but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand. Lest they should turn and be forgiven. So here's the, here's what the Bible's saying. There is a way that you can hear, see, and still not respond as you ought. And still live in unrepentance and spiritual deafness, blindness, what have you. I want you to get this. And here's the point. You can grow up your entire life being around the things of God. You can grow up your whole entire life being in the church or knowing about Jesus, at least the facts about Jesus. You can live your whole life knowing information, being around the things of God, even hearing the Bible taught, even being in Bible studies time and time again, and you can still be afflicted with spiritual deafness, which means you do not respond appropriately to what's being heard. That is a true statement because there are so many, and I count myself one of those people who grew up in church and then one day, and I heard all the stories. I knew all the Bible stories. I even knew the songs that went with the Bible stories. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I knew that one and I knew where that was, was. I knew Jesus had talked about you're the light of the world. I knew that, but I didn't know that. I didn't really hear that and respond to that till I was much 
older and I, and all the lines connected and God had healed my spiritual deafness. I knew father Abraham had many sons and many sons. If you grew up in church, you knew that one. And I knew about Abraham and I knew about that story, but I didn't get how it affected me and that I needed to be a son of Abraham by believing in Jesus didn't understand that but then the lines came together and the stories i heard they made sense and then all kind of fleshed out and colored in and then i got it the deafness was gone there's another example of this these pharisees in the bible these enemies they knew all about the scriptures they had the scriptures memorized and they still did not know god When he walked right in front of them in the flesh in Jesus, they could not see him. There was a deafness that happened. And why is this passage here? It's to warn us of the dangers of spiritual deafness. To warn us of the dangers of spiritual deafness. And what I'm talking about, it's not the fact that the sound's not there. The sound is there. It's you're not hearing. You're not processing. And I want you to get it. Here's what Jesus is doing. He he does this demonstration to show you have to be released from your spiritual deafness by the Son of God to see who he is. You can go your whole life knowing the stories and not knowing God. Because these Pharisees, they knew all about the Bible and they did not know him. And this should create in us a good fear. There are some fears that are good, okay? Like the fear of sharks. That's a good fear. You should fear sharks. Now, if you like to learn about sharks, that's fantastic, okay? But don't jump into a ocean with like chum buckets around your waist. I I have a friend who lost his ability to fear sharks, He was fishing in Panama City. You guys know that I'm from the Gulf Coast. And he was fishing in Panama City with another friend of mine. And they're out in the ocean. And they're catching these fish. And as the sun's coming up, and they notice they're starting to get hit in the legs as the sun coming up. And it, it feels very uncomfortable to one of my friends. And he looks at, his name is Andrew. And he looks at my friend Dave. And he says, Dave, are you getting hit in the leg by something? Yeah, man. What do you think it is? And he goes, it's probably the sharks. And you said, why would the sharks be hitting us in the legs? Oh, well, I keep, every time I catch a fish, I gut it and I hook it onto my belt with this thing right here. And so as the sun comes up, they realize that they are standing in chum. It's blood everywhere and there are fins everywhere. And my friend Dave's punching little sharks, not big sharks, like nurse sharks and stuff, in the face to get them away from them. If you've ever met Dave, you're like, that makes sense. And right now you're thinking that guy doesn't exist. Jesus put his fingers in some dude's ears. Okay. There's some, there's room for some weird stuff to happen in the world. He lost his fear of sharks, which is really dumb. We should not lose our fear. The Bible says to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. I'm not saying there, there is a, there's such a thing as a good, healthy fear. It's that fear that makes us want to obey a parent. It's those fear that it's those fears that want to make us honor and love our spouse and to stay with them. 
There is a good fear out there. And this is what I want you to get. You need to be aware that there is such a thing as being acquainted with the things of God and not knowing the things of God. And Jesus is ready to loose you from that deafness. All you do is cry out to him and say, I realize that there is some deafness, that I know all these things, but I don't know you, God. What does is, what is knowing God look like? It looks like life change. Like you used to be one way and now you're slowly changing into another way. It looks like this. It looks like, what is, what is the healing of spiritual deafness looks like? It looks like going from indifference to a new affection. But you're like, yeah, I could show up at church. Yeah, I could be involved. Yeah, I can serve. To now, like, I love to serve. And I want to know the scriptures. And I want to be around people who build me up and point me towards Jesus. That's a new affection, a new desire. That is something that Jesus can give us when we call out to him in faith. And say, Lord, let me hear. Heal my spiritual deafness. The reason Jesus sighed is because there is this prevalence of unbelief everywhere unbelief when there's plenty of good news all around remember they said and he was talking about the parable of the sower they're going to hear and they're going to see but they're not going to really see and hear and we need to ask god let me see let there be a life change in me let me really see who you are let me really see that. And so this passage, I want you to hear this. It's a fun thing. Jesus puts his fingers in his ear. He spits. He touched the guy's tongue. He says, let it be open. And his ears are open. Jesus and Jesus alone can hear our spiritual death, heal our spiritual deafness. This physical healing points to our need of a spiritual healing and opening of our ears to him. Now, this doesn't just happen for those who are lost. We need to cry out. Those of us, have you ever been in your Christian life where you get to a place where you're just in a rut? You've probably been in your physical life in a place where you're in a rut, where you think, all I do is get up, work, come home, eat dinner, take care of the kids, and then it all begins again. You ever been there? You ever been in a place where life, the color and the flavor of life, the colors are just dim, and the flavors are bland, and your spiritual affections seem to be just barely hanging on there. This is a call for you to say, God, open up my ears. Now, they've been opened once, but we need continual opening of our eyes and our ears and our hearts to all of who he is. Now, I want you to notice this. When Jesus healed, not Jesus doesn't just heal his ears, right? What does he do? Okay, let's follow it. Come with me. Boink. <laughs> okay. Tongue. What's the next thing that's healed? His speech. And what does he go do? Jesus says, don't tell anybody. And he's like, okay. I can hear. I can speak. Jesus did that. Don't do that. Okay. And it's like, just, it's like the kid with the new toy. Look, look at this. Look right here. Look what Jesus did. That's exactly what he does. He cannot. See, here's the thing. When our spiritual deafness is healed, our spiritual, our speech changes. Now, I'm not talking about you're not going to drop a four-letter word, okay? You probably shouldn't do that, okay? We should not let unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. That is a scripture thing, okay? We all need to work on that, I guarantee you. But what it is talking about now is he has a message about who Jesus is, about a changed life, and he wants to tell other people about it. Here's the thing. If you've been cured of spiritual deafness, your mouth 
will be cured as well. And you'll speak things and speak truth about who Jesus is that changes the game. And it will change the game from somebody else. Because here's how God does things. He heals spiritual deafness through the power of his spirit using the testimony of his children. When we speak, and this goes back to Paul in Romans chapter 10, how can they hear without a preacher? The answer is they can't. So all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, how do they know about the name of the Lord? It's his people who've had their ears open and their tongues healed. Speak about Jesus. And God uses our testimony to work through it to give new spiritual hearing to other people. And that is another sign that you have been awakened from your spiritual deafness is that you now have a desire. No matter how shy you are, how introverted you are, how averse to conflict you are, now you at least have some desire to share Jesus with someone else. I'm not saying you're ready to go out there and like get you a billboard and a megaphone. I don't think that works anyway, but it's not, you're not ready to ring the bell and be like, Jesus. But now you got this thing like, I feel really nervous because I feel like I do need to talk about Jesus to somebody. I have really sweaty palms and I don't really want to do that, but I kind of want to do that. It's just this weird thing. That is the beginning change that God produces when he alleviates our spiritual deafness. He also heals and fixes and awakens our speech. I want you to know, because here's what I'm hoping. The more and more we draw the lines about who this Jesus is and what our spiritual lives ought to look like, what I'm hoping is that those lines that were drawn, like that picture my children's church, children's church leader did all those years ago, I'm hoping all those lines will come together and that we will see more fully, more vividly. We would hear more sweetly, more intensely, more carefully all of who Jesus is. And we didn't make sense before, but now it clicks and now it comes into focus. And now we can see who he is because I want you to know this. The reason we exist is to follow Jesus, to make much of him, to glorify him, to take him to the world. That is why we are here. And we want to make much of Jesus while we are here. Kids, we want you, we want the picture to become clear that of who Jesus is. Adults, we want the picture to become clear who Jesus is. Your pastor wants to become clear more and more through the scriptures who Jesus is. So I'm going to ask us to do one thing. We're going to pray and then we're going to receive our offering and we're going to be dismissed. And here's the prayer I want to pray over us. I'm going to pray that God would heal spiritual deafness in our lives. Let's pray. God, I'm just thankful for every person in this room for the kids, all the way up to our most um, experienced adult. I'm just thankful that we could be here today, that we could open your word, and that we could see this great physical healing that Jesus does, and we could think about the spiritual reality of our need for open ears and an opened mouth, a loosed tongue. God, I pray for these kids, God, that the lines that were drawn, the lines are being drawn down in the, the, our kids ministry 
and the lines that are being drawn up here with your word as, as I teach and as we sing and as we lead. God, I pray that they would become vivid and they would see a full picture of who you are, God. And I say this, I pray the same thing for adults in this room. That we would see, and not just see and hear, but respond and obey, repent of our sins, walk in faith, continually repenting of our sins, walking with a new affection. God, would you make that true and real in our lives? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand, and we're going to be dismissed with these words. Addiction is a blessing, and I want you to realize who your God is. This is the testimony of the man whose tongue has been loosed. This is about Jesus. He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. That is our God. He loves us. He is the one who gave his life for us, and in him there's eternal life. In him there is freedom from our deafness and our spiritual blindness and our mute. I guess that's the way you say it. That is our God. Be dismissed. Go in his grace. You're dismissed.